0: by the amount of time that we're spent in depression. And so if we now shift our perspective to saying, you know what, I spent days, weeks, months, and years in depression, tomorrow I'm going to spend less time in depression, and I'm going to reverse the trend, and I'm going to start building the muscle and the discipline and the habits necessary to accelerate in the trajectory that I think I want, not into the trajectory of what other people want for me, what's missing or what I don't have, or being stuck. Things are stacked against you. That sounds like you have a lot of options, opportunities, and touches of favor ahead of you. And we have a lot of lessons to learn to indicate how to get there. But it's not going to happen overnight. So the first thing I would say is that if uh, the depression that you have, quantify it identify it and change your trajectory knowing that progress is not something that we're capable of seeing day by day, but it is something that we can quantify every new year's or quarter or maybe even every month. And if you utilize what I am doing, saying, thinking, believing and feeling today and aligning it with a meaning that you're giving it from your past, the inflection points, the moments or r- historical relevance of promotion and protection that each day you will progress and slowly but surely the depression the interference will dissipate dissolve and soon disappear and things will get easier and you'll realize that it was the wind behind me that allowed me to learn what i needed to learn and utilize that wind now not to get over under through or around to fight through but instead to create disease of ease to be able to identify what's putting us at disease and get rid of it so let's change the way that you look at things we're not going to get out of depression in one day but we will get out of depression day by day by identifying what we're doing to put ourselves at disease what's interfering with our potential what's interfering with the omniscient all-powerful all-knowing source that loves us more than our mom that would not punish us and stack things against us but will utilize opportunities options and touches of favor to indicate to us that we have something to learn to get to the better place the better position which is already our. you are happy healthy wealthy and worthy let's figure out what you're doing to interfere with it what a great question Thank you so much because I know so many of us uh, don't understand depression, anxiety, or fear as an opportunity option and touch a favor to indicate how we can get to a better place, a better position, uh, or to clear the interference between us and what our potential is. Happiness, health, wealth, worthiness, etc. So, I have two questions for you, and I love your last video about New Year's resolutions. One is what is the biggest lesson you learned last year? And the second one is do you have any words for this year that's like guiding you? Oh, I love it. In fact, I was blessed to spend New Year's Eve with uh, some of our friends, John Gordon and Teddy Mellencamp, Edwin Ariave, Ed Milet. And that's the exact exercise that they thought of. What is your word for the year and what is your lesson? Uh, For me, my biggest takeaway for the year um, is probably one that confuses a lot of people, including internally in my family and my friends and, and our team here. But it's time is the dependent variable the quantitative variable of all matter the subjective matter and objective matter and the best example that i can think of to explain what i'm trying to say and i utilize that takeaway in the last answer about depression to utilize time as a dependent variable to analyze the quantitative uh progress that i'm making in my journey to be happy to clear the interference or depression from my life but take something even more ethereal like guilt. How do you quantify guilt? Guilt is the ego-based consciousness that interferes with our potential. It slows us down uh, in the acceleration in the trajectory of what we think we want. And so my takeaway was trying to figure out how can I teach people, empower them to progress whatever uh, interference they're most prominent in their life. How can I teach them to progress if they can't be aware of progression and if you're not aware of progression, then you will then quit good behavior and you won't stop bad behavior. And time became that dependent variable. Time allowed me to say, you know what? I felt guilty for an hour and a half yesterday, uh, I'm going to see if I can progress and only feel guilty for an hour and 29 minutes. I know that sounds silly, but uh, we can get a participation or a perception of that participation by actually saying, gosh, I, you know, less of the time I was in interference with a need to be guilty or resentful or offended or a combination thereof. And when we get into a mindset and a practice of progressing and quantifying it with time, we actually are encouraged to stay on course, to continue to progress and to create behaviors that are positive or in a trajectory of what we think we want. So my biggest takeaway is to understand and quantify my day with all behaviors to see or create awareness of a quantitative measure of progress. Because what I have found is that if we can be aware of progress, that will continue good behavior. And good behavior is an energy just like money, just like mindset, it's an energy just like emotion, energy emotion that aggregates, compounds, and accelerates upon itself and so if i can help people or empower them to continue good behaviors which is counterintuitive because what happens with good behaviors like working out is a week later we don't see any progress so we quit and so what do we do we just continue not to work out which is a bad behavior and we see the exact same result because we're unaware of the result but at the end of the year we would have seen, if we continue the good behavior and use time as a quantifiable dependent variable of working out, at the end of the year, we would have seen a quantitative result uh, if we would have continued. But since we didn't see an instant result, we stopped. And because we didn't see an instant result of the bad behavior, we're now five to 10 pounds more. Our heart has more uh, blockage in it or whatever else happens. We, basically, at a higher level, we're more at disease. And so my takeaway is to understand how do I empower people to progress in the trajectory of what they think they want to aggregate good behavior in that same direction and aggregate the meaning of the past in order to facilitate the acceleration in statistical success as well, instead of creating more disease. The word uh, for my year, uh, for this year, is forgiveness. Uh, Each year that goes by... I start realizing if my faith tells me that I'm connected to and through an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom, that I'm being protected and promoted at all time. And my objective and my paradigm shift in my life is I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? The most powerful tool in my tool belt is forgiveness. And the more I understand forgiveness and be able to love those people that attack me and forgive myself for not understanding them and creating more interference or acceleration in the wrong direction or more resistance or more shortages, voids, obstacles into my life by not understanding myself, forgiveness. And to utilize forgiveness as a tool in which clears the interference or shifts that paradigm to help me understand my potential, an unlimited, infinite potential that exists in the future, limited only by the 24 hours of today that I need to be as productive, accessible, and gracious, aligned with that infinite trajectory that I want to accelerate on. And also using forgiveness for the past. Forgiveness is that tool that allows me to give the meaning of the past in order to effectuate an acceleration of my future in a trajectory of what I think I want. So take my bankruptcy, for example, Gigi. In 2008, I lost over $100 million, and I could have continued to beat myself up and create bad behaviors that probably would have ended up for certain in divorce and most likely in death and depression. But instead, I utilize the mindset, heartset, and handset that we're discussing today as forgiveness as a tool and forgiving myself and taking accountability in the realm of I am responsible for me losing all my money. I did attract these people, places, circumstances, ideas, business deals, etc. that eventually evolved into me losing everything. And I am participating in a perception that I'm going to a better place, a better position, or being into a better uh, situation because of it. I'm being protected and promoted. That's the meaning I give my bankruptcy. Did it happen overnight, just like my friend who's asking about getting out of depression? No. But luckily, subconsciously and unconsciously, I utilized my faith, and applied it to the behaviors that were necessary in order for me to get to the better place, the better position, and better situation that I am in today. This is the secret of forgiveness. Forgiveness is the greatest weapon of love, light, and lessons that there is. And forgiveness is always with you. And start by forgiving yourself so you can give it to others, even if people are judging you, laughing at you, scoffing at you, and making fun of you. One of the things I learned about forgiveness for people who are attacking me or limiting me or judging me or laughing at me is that it was really interesting as I realized, you know, that I want to be continually pursuing my potential or climbing the mountain of potential without starting at the bottom of the hill every day. And so I utilize five daily practices in order to do that in a trajectory of what I think I want. So if I'm at base camp five, I want to get to base camp six. But in order to get to base camp six, I need to know what I want today aligned with base camp six personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise. And I need to know who can help me get to base camp six. And believe it or not, the best people that can help me get to base camp six are the people at base camp six. And then I also know that in order to also create statistical success and acceleration, I need to know who can I help get to base camp five. That's going to help me get to base camp six as well. But the interesting thing that I learned in the context of forgiveness is that all the people at base camp six, when I ask them for help, are extremely abundant. They're extremely encouraging. It's amazing how many people that are at the base camp in front of you are willing to help you and encourage you. And in so positive without judgments, conditions, they're not laughing at you. What they're telling you is you can do it the Amelia's of the world, you know, all of these people, they're telling you, you can do it. You c- Come with me, come up to Base Camp 5, come, you know, the people at Base Camp 7 are saying, Dave, you can do this. They're encouraging me, they're positive. And guess who's telling me I can't make it to Base Camp 6? Guess who's laughing at me and scoffing at me and making fun of me and saying things behind our back, cheating, manipulating, and stealing from us? and telling us you can't do it. It's really funny. I realized nobody at Base Camp 6 is telling me that. It's all the people at Base Camp 4, 3, 2, and 1. Isn't that interesting? Look towards those people. Know what you want and who can help you and who you can help bring up to Base Camp 5. And then you will be able to be productive, accessible, and gracious and know how you're going to get it done by utilizing time as a dependent variable a quantifiable measure by studying by giving attention and intention to the coincidences that you want to get to base camp 6 then you'll know to prioritize what's planned what's not planned and even your sleep you'll know to prioritize the activity you get paid for and the activity you don't get paid for aligned what's important to you on your journey to base camp 6 without judgment condition of those people at base camp four, three, two, and one telling you you can't do it, laughing at you, scoffing at you and make fun of you, which will be the same people, by the way, that will applaud you when you do get to base camp six and ask you for a job or ask you for help after making it difficult on you. Remember, forgiveness will get you there. Just forgive the people at Base Camp 4, 3, 2, and 1. Forgive yourself for any time you think about what you don't want or can't do or listen to them. Just forgive them. Forgive your past. Give it the meaning of Base Camp 6. And I promise you, you will live in intellect, intuition, and inspiration. You'll have insight to what it takes to get to Base Camp 6. Forgiveness is my word for the year. And my lesson from last year is that time allows, as a quantifiable measure, to be a dependent variable in which to indicate progress of all matter, subjective matter and objective matter. I love the question. I love you, Gigi. Thank you so much for allowing everyone to know what we're listening for. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for having me up, Jacob and David. I love that you are just so willing and open to take the world on and answer our questions. So really uh, fantastic to be in the room as always. I'm a regular listener. So my question for you today is if there is one thing for the rest of your life that you could be doing to bring the most value to the world, what would it be? I love that question. Thank you so much for being part of the community and participating in the community so often. I know it's going to be counterintuitive to people, um, but I believe the best thing that I can do for the world is ask for help. And um, it's counterintuitive because most people live in appreciation and acknowledgement and they don't live in the world of asking. And it's been the biggest interference in my life. See, I I have and know with faith that things come through me in an abundant way. And so the more that I can get over uh, my arrogance and insecurity of asking for help, the more I'll be able to help others. And so if I could do one thing, it would be to ask for more help more often so that I myself can help more people more often and if I could do one thing the rest of my life, it would be to find all the people that sit in the situation that are sitting at base camp six today and ask them for help. And when I get there, ask them for help to base camp seven and be able to help all the people in base camp six, five, four, three, two, and one to get to where they want to be. But it won't happen unless I ask for help. So if I could do just one thing, it would be to find those people in the situation that I want to be in and ask them for help. Can we bring up the next question? I'm going to take this question. At what stage do you ask closed-ended questions in the sales process? Um, So there's only a few closed-ended questions that I ask. Uh, My first open-ended questions are to determine whether someone has an open mind, because I know not only do people with open minds have open hearts and open hands, but they also surround themselves with more people with open hearts and open hands as well. Uh, And when I find an open mind, I simply ask them either generally what they do or what they're doing today uh, or specifically what they're doing today pertaining to uh, what I'm selling. So if I'm selling solar, I might say, hey, what are you doing today with solar? And then they answer that question. And as I determine if I have an open mind or not by the answer of that question or previous questions that I would asked, I have now increased my, my statistical success exponentially then i ask another open-ended question when i find out what someone's doing today pertaining to what i'm selling i ask him what do you like about solar and i listen to what they say about what they like and then i say is there anything else you like and i let them continue on if so and then i ask what don't you like or what confuses you about solar and then i listen to that now i'm prepared to ask one of the closed-ended questions which is Would it help you if? See, a closed-ended question is something that you can answer yes or no to after gathering the data of allowing someone to share their perspective of an open-ended question. And when I share that perspective with credibility and emotional attachment, I now can quantify and articulate a quantification via a question more than I'm asking for. Would it help you if... I introduce you to this person. Would help you if I supplied you a mechanism to lower your electric bill, $500? Would I help you if I could do that by financing it? Whatever it may be in the sales process, by using the features and benefits as an arsenal, not as a capability to oversell, back-end, sell, lie, manipulate, and cheat someone, but instead to use it as an arsenal to articulate the value to exceed what you're asking for by aligning it to either give more of what people like, or take away more of what people don't like. One simple closed-ended question that requires a lot of attention and intention and a lot of listening to understand where somebody is and meet them there and provide and articulate value to where they are today. So that closed-ended question is, once again, would it help you if? And then there's only one other closed-ended question that I ask. Do you know anyone that can help me? Either yes or no. Do you know anyone that can help me? I'm looking to provide this quantitative value to as many people that you know. Do you know anyone that can help me? And a person with an open mind, open heart, open hands, know other people with open hearts, open hands, and open minds, which gives you even greater statistical success as well as efficiency in the sales process. Those are the only two questions I know. Do you know anyone that could help me? And would it help you if? It takes a lot of work and practice to get to that. And if anybody wants this open ended, closed ended question guide that I give, which I train throughout the world build big sales forces by having a simple approach of teaching people how to trust and vet an open mind and then facilitate a learning process of what they are doing today concerning what you're selling by asking an open question of what they like and what they don't like and being able to be qualified to know your product service solution or brand well enough to use the features and benefits as an arsenal to articulate a quantitative value aligned with either giving them more of what they like or taking away more of what they don't like. And when you can create a capability of articulation with a closed-ended question that incorporates that, which would be, would it help you if, in the format of a closed-ended question, the statistical success combined with being able to teach people how to get people to call you back because that's the overlooked secret sauce in sales is teaching people how to get people to either email you back, call you back, DM you back, or answer uh, you and get back to you. Because remember, as much as I can teach you to sell better, the easiest and fastest way to allow you to be more successful is to have more people get back to you because over 80% of the people don't get back to you. So if I can increase the number of people that get back to you, regardless of making you a better salesperson, you will have that percentage of statistical success that's equal to the number of people that get back to you. And what happens is, if I get more people to get back to you, you then have more opportunities, more at-bats, more options, and more touches of favor that exist. And so inherent in the statistical success becomes an acceleration because through practice and progress of doing the same things over and over again by getting more at bats you get better at sales so people ask me what's the easiest way to increase my sales it's one get people to call you back and two learn the open ended question closed ended question guide and i'm happy to send those to you uh great question Very simple things come from very complex philosophies. If you can't articulate it simply, if it doesn't make sense, then you don't know it well enough. Be a teacher, a mentor, and a coach. Bring the best out of people. Help them get to where you are by giving them instructions and guides, and then learn to explain things simply, meeting people where they're at in order to teach them. Three different capabilities that are necessary to be an intelligent follower, which a lot of people define as a leader.